Hi, welcome to Notes from a Drama Watcher, a podcast about East Asian dramas. It's part recap, part review, and there will definitely be spoilers ahead. Let's go! Welcome to episode 20 of Notes from a Drama Watcher. This is your host, M. This week's podcast is going to be a little short. I have not been watching much drama the past week because I've been catching up on the Olympics. So today I'm just going to be talking about two shows, The Flaming Heart, episodes 11 through 19, and then Beloved In-House, I do episode 13, that special episode or epilogue or whatever you want to call it. So I'm going to start off with The Flaming Heart. So episode 11 has Diane basically in a cliffside. It's a village that has been built into a cliff and there's a boy who went up to this village because he wanted to look for his parents to try to get a good vantage point to look for his parents. But his method of reaching that vantage point was destroyed in an earthquake. It's these rope la- rope ladders that were used to reach. So now he's basically stuck on top of this mountain or this cliff. They're not even 100% sure he's there. They're guessing. His grandmother is guessing he's there. But he does turn out to be there and Diane is the one to go up to try to rescue him. And th- this is kind of a tough time for Diane because we saw in a previous episode he faced a big loss in his life of a child, of another child. Not his child, but a child that he had become close to. And so now he finds himself trying to rescue another child when he was feeling very powerless in in the other situation. There are changes in the relationship that occur in this episode because we also have Chief Lo, who was Yanlan's childhood friend, really admitting to himself that he has no chance with Yanlan. His, his chance is gone because Ho Yan is in the picture and they have obvious chemistry with each other and obvious feelings for each other. In this episode, referencing something that happens in an earlier episode, there is a celebration in the village and they are celebrating, you know, that the rescue workers have come to help everyone, etc., and bought supplies, etc. And these are, I believe they're, they're the, one of the ethnic groups um, of China. And one of the things they're doing in the celebration is dancing. And there's a member of the village who obviously likes Ho Yan and he gives her the news, you know, declares to her that he's taken and says that Yan Lan is his girlfriend. And so it seems as if everything has been resolved between them from when he broke up with her before. But in actuality, she still has um, a hurt inside from that incident. And we see it flare up later because later in the episode, someone from another village comes and gives them some wine as like a thank you present for what they've done. And Yan Lan and one of the other doctors, I cannot remember her name, but she's one of the, from one of the other couples. They basically get drunk like really drunk. And they are in the control room that has the mic for the entire camp. And there's Yan Lan with a mic in her hand, expressing her feelings towards Ho Yan and their breakup and all of that into the mic for the whole camp to hear. Needless to say, it is pretty embarrassing for him. It's it's a pretty funny scene, but very embarrassing for him. And for her later uh, in episode 12, when she wakes up with her hangover and here's the story of what she got up to while she was drinking. <laughs> they really make sure to give the couples a lot of time in these episodes. You know, we see, of course, a lot between Yan Lan and Ho Yan who are the main leads, but we've got our second couple, Chief Lo. <laughs> I think his name is the childhood friend and the other doctor who their couple is their relationship is a little bit strange to me because he has this kind of lifelong love 
for Yaman. I'm not sure how it seems like a deep love. But then on the other hand, it's also like it's just something that's kind of been expected in his family that he and Yanlan are going to get married. So he's got that to deal with because he sees that she's totally focused on Hoyan. And then you've got this other, the other female lead for that couple who really likes him and is there on the sidelines and is always talking to him and basically kind of trying to convince him to forget Yanlan. So you'll see like later his, apparently his feelings start to change. He starts hanging out with her and maybe giving her kind of a chance, but I, I still can't help feeling in a way like he settling for her. The chemistry is not as good to me as the chemistry chemistry between Yanlan and Hoyan. Hopefully that will change later on. And, and then our third couple is one of the nurses and one of the firefighters. She is 29, I think it is, and he's 21. So there's an eight-year age gap between them. For him, it's not a big deal. He likes her and that's it, right? He is an adult, but for her, that's a really big deal. And that's something that she's trying to or not trying to work through in a way. It's she's she's not giving him a chance really as of episode eleven anyway. So those are our three main couples, and then Ji Yuan is one of the other doctors, a male doctor, and he is developing a friendship with one of the firefighters. So I kind of include him in the couples, even though they're not. It's not BL or anything, but just. They're developing that kind of close friendship. So that's interesting. In episode 12, the medical team is leaving the, the camp and heading back towards their, you know, respective hospitals. On the way back, they encounter a landslide and there is an accident, a rock slide. And Professor Ye, who is, you know, the person in charge and very beloved by all of the staff members, all of the medical staff, the car he's in flips and he is gravely injured. So episodes 12 and 13 have to do with the grief everyone is feeling and the powerlessness that they are feeling when they are not able to help someone, especially as medical professionals. Even though they are trained to deal with situations, of course, it's it's something different when it's someone so close to home. We get to see various members of the firefighters extending support to the members of the medical unit because they probably understand very well how it is to lose someone close to them through their work or someone who is injured through their work as well because they are in a dangerous profession. So all of these medical professionals, um, Yanlan and the other doctors and nurses, they've lost their mentor. Actually, they call them Father Ye, not, not necessarily Professor. But also we see the chief of the, the commander of the fire department just completely break down in a restaurant because we've seen them before. They were actually very good friends, not just colleagues. They were good friends and it was their tradition apparently to to eat together in this restaurant you know he's eating there and I just remembering his good friend so despite his sadness there's also some light-hearted moments here in episode 12 we have Jiang Tang who decides to spring Dayan or Dayang onto her parents you know as as introducing him as her boyfriend this kind of sets up a conflict between them not a big conflict it's not a it's not a conflict of their own making but Jiang Tang is from a well-to-do family. Dayan or Dayan is, I believe he's an, he's an orphan. He didn't graduate university and he's just from a different social class than she is. And of course, when he goes to meet her parents, they start asking him all these questions. What university are you from? Who are your parents, etc. The father, of course, you know, he's protecting his daughter or he wants to make sure his daughter marries well or whatever, is grilling him. 
And one of the things he wants to do is take an exam, you know, to further his career. And so that's kind of where the conflict comes in. Zhang Tong doesn't see an issue with them being of different classes. And I'm not just talking about episode 12. This is a theme that carries on into the next few episodes. She doesn't see a problem that they are from different classes. But of course, he as the person who is coming from the less well-to-do background is very concerned about this because he knows her parents are going to have certain expectations and she's used to certain things that he's afraid he won't be able to provide for her. And as far as the exam goes, he's worried that he won't have the capability of studying for and and passing the exam and um, what that would do for their relationship uh, going forward. And as I'm saying this about Jiang Tong's dad, it's not, he's not doing it in a very negative way. He's not trying to browbeat um, Dayan, Dayan in any way. He's, they're actually, <laughs> I feel like really surprisingly accepting of him, but just they do want him to, you know, be able to provide for her, for her along with her as the relationship progresses. But they're still respectful of him, which I really like. Because I know in other dramas, they would like, physically drag him out the door, you know, stay away from our daughter kind of thing. That's not the case here. So I've mentioned before that the episodes seem a little choppy, but actually I think a better word for it might be disjointed. And I think it's because, well, two things. They're trying to show the characters' personal lives as well as showing their professional lives. And of course, they're they're bouncing between the medical and the fire rescue team. But also because they have so many couples. Remember, I count four couples because of the three romantic couples and then the fourth one is that, that friendship between the doctor and the firefighter. So because they're trying to so, show so many couples and so many different storylines, it that's why I think it winds up being disjointed in a way because they're kind of jumping from place to place to try to fit all of these people into the episode. They probably could have dropped one of the couples and it would make the storyline just flow a little better. I actually, I, I would probably drop honestly the second uh, couple, Chief Lo, I think, the childhood friend, I'll call him, and the doctor. Because I understand having him there because he's the childhood friend. That's kind of the triangle, kind of a square, whatever that's developed. But th- that couple's just not as interesting to me. Zayan and Jung Tong are interesting to me because it's interesting to see these people from two completely different social classes and they get together and it's also their story. It's also an enemies to lovers story, etc. The two friends, the male doctor and the firefighter, that's an interesting couple, quote unquote, to me, because that is a story of male friendship. And that's that's interesting. And also, they actually don't get that much time. They're, they're in there very sporadically. So they're not pulling that much from the story. They're not, they're not part of the, the reason for the disjointed feeling. So that the second couple, I think, is the one that I might have just done away with that whole storyline altogether, except that I know from watching the later episodes, he becomes even more important to the storyline itself. But I don't see her being that important, unfortunately, to the storyline. I I think they could have changed things there. And actually, I just realized I'm saying four couples. It's not four couples. It's five couples because then you have the other couple which is the older nurse who's 29 or whatever it is and the 21 year old firefighter now again they're not showing that couple as much as chief Lo and his and the the doctor but it you know five couples is a lot of relationships to try to stuff into a 40 minute episode on the one hand, I can commend them for trying to give people equal time because I've seen dramas where supposedly there's two or three couples and then you never see one of the couples. So I commend them for trying, but 
it's just too many storylines that they're trying to squish in there and it makes for that disjointed feeling so in episode 14 as kind of that cobbled together just disjointed thing that they've got going on Hoyan and Yanlan are at um, the funeral for Professor Ye and he gets a call saying that there's been an accident and he's got to rush to the scene etc and it's kind of like it was a bad accident it was a rolled over car but why did they need to call him away from a funeral for that i know they were trying to be dramatic probably trying to show that basically you're always on call when you're in these kind of professions but there's all these other firefighters there who could have been called why did he have to go when he's at this funeral it was a little you know to me it was a little bit unbelievable Again, I'm not in China, so I don't know how things work, but I'm to me, if you've got enough staff to handle what is a car rollover, why would you call the chief for that? If it had been a big earthquake or some kind of bridge collapse or really some horrific event that was impacting, you know, thousands of people, obviously, I would understand calling in the chief. It was a little strange that they called him in for a car accident, but you know, it was to add to the dramatic tension. Episodes 15 and 16, the stories progress. We, I don't think, at least it's not clear to me how much time has passed, but clearly some time has passed because Hoyan and Yanlan are meeting each other's parents. So things are really serious now. He meets her parents kind of by mistake, but she goes to see his mom. And that's when we find out that we knew his father had passed away uh, rescuing someone or in the line of duty. It turns out that he passed away rescuing Yanlan when she was a little girl. She doesn't realize, um, Ho Yan doesn't really realize apparently, but his mom does realize. And the chief, the commander, who was a good friend of his father, you know, he realizes as well. So these two episodes are that revelation and those, you know, the elders being worried about how are they going to tell Hoyan about this. They're not they're not thinking at all like, you know, we'll try to break them up, which is kind of a trope for dramas. They or at least his mom views it more as you saved my future daughter-in-law for me and she's a wonderful person, etc. They're just worried about how Hoyan is going to react. Diane and Jotang are still kind of contending with that whole issue of, of the class differences. So that's going on. And then we see a little bit of Chief Lo's family. He also is from a well-to-do family. His father is the head of a business. This is where he gets important to the storyline or his family situation becomes important to the storyline. The storyline is about to take a shift. I don't think it's in episode 16, but at, in 18 at least there's a shift that occurs because his father knows that he doesn't want to be in business. He's just, he's interested in being a firefighter and he's accepting that, but he's making other contacts and you can tell in a way he's almost looking for a successor. And one of the people he starts to become friendly with is another businessman who Chief Lowe recognizes because I didn't mention this in a previous podcast, but this person showed up. I can't even remember which episode it was, but it's way back when Towards the beginning where they were actually at the campsite, he was someone who came and donated some things, but he came in and Ho Yan gives him the total stink eye. You can tell they have a history. Ho Yan doesn't like him. And so Chief Lo is very suspicious of this man and why he might be sniffing around his dad. So he's going to keep an eye on him. At the same time as that is going on, um, Ho Yan is starting to see like something suspicious around Yan Lan and so he wants to you know make sure she's safe and he installs cameras and in her over her home 
he's doing this because he saw, as I said, someone suspicious. We know who that suspicious person is. It's someone who they're really actually reaching back into previous um, things. But way back when they were in the campsite, the rescue site, they had helped this man. While Yanlan was giving him aid, he stuck a flash drive in her pocket. I actually completely forgot about this flash drive until this, you know, came up again. This man who stuck the flash drive in her pocket was someone who worked for Hanpei, I think he's called, who is the businessman who is now trying to work with Chief Lo's father. So I don't know what's on this flash drive. We don't know exactly, but this is not a good man. He actually, well, he did something bad to this to this man who who had the flash drive. This is not a good guy. So it's a good thing that Hoyan is keeping an eye on him. But it's we're just getting kind of into a different storyline. It's almost like we're it's almost a different show <laughs> at this point. If we start getting into business intrigue, you know, we went from fire rescue and medical things to all of a sudden we're getting into corporate business intrigue for the flaming heart oof, that was pretty long <laughs> but it was several episodes um next up we're going to talk about beloved and house i do episode 13 or epilogue so it's been a day since i watched it and i'm still not sure how i'm feeling about it on the one hand i am happy to see everyone again <laughs> Even though it's it's only been a week since uh, episode 12, but it was good to see everyone again. But on, well, everyone except for, no one from the cafe, but Shile and Yuzhan and then Zitong. So speaking of Zitong, this episode was basically 75%, 70% about Zitong and Yuzhan's previous relationship. Zitong, through someone else, passes along a flash drive to Yuzhan with video he had taken of their time together when they were in a relationship. And Yuzhan is viewing the video and reminiscing at the same time. And I have to say, they were actually really cute together as a couple. They have really good chemistry. I wouldn't mind seeing a series with these two people. I would actually wouldn't even mind seeing a series, a prequel with Zitong and Yuzhen. The only thing is, obviously, with a prequel, you would know it's not going to have a happy ending because we know that Yuzhen and Shilei are the ones who wind up together. So the reason I'm having, or one of the reasons I'm having a hard time figuring out what I feel about this episode is that it's pretty Zitong-centered just because of all the videos that we see of, of their time together. And it's in its own way, some kind of redemption story almost, or like a humanizing story. Just for most shows, I, I will watch an episode a few times, shows that I'm reviewing. Because more often than not, I'm watching on YouTube, but I, I watch a lot on Viki. And so I'll first watch an episode of whatever the show may be, you know, just to see what I'm going to say in my podcast or whatever, just to look at it. And because I'm watching it on Viki and Viki has the ability for people to do comments, I turn off the comments because I don't want to be distracted by it. And then I'll usually watch again afterwards with the comments. And Zetong's character, people really couldn't him. I mean, that's, it's a tribute to the actor, right? He was doing such a good job that people just didn't like the character. Every time he showed up on screen, they wanted to boot him off the screen. They wanted him out of there. So episode 13, the epilogue, I feel like really serves to humanize him and showing show that he's not some evil villain. He's just a guy who was in a relationship and 
it didn't work out. They were at different stages of what they wanted in the relationship. And actually episode 13, we see them breaking up was due to the choices involved. He made a choice. He was offered to go to New York for his career, but he did give Eugene the choice of Eugene coming with him. Eugene chose not to go. It was clear to Zitong that Eugene was choosing not to go because Eugene is like, is there another choice? I mean, what other choice could there be, right? You either go to New York or you don't go. So that was Eugene's choice. He didn't want to move. He didn't want to leave. So there were choices made on both sides. And even with that, Zitong kind of winds up slipping out, kind of, because before that, Eugene had had a little bit of a, a breakdown on him. You know, he's crying and everything, knowing basically that it, w- it really wasn't going to work out. And I think this was an interesting episode in that sense, that we got to see, again, that he Zitong was not a villain. It was just a breakup, an unfortunate breakup. The part that wound up hurting was the way he slipped out because then that's when Eugene winds up chasing after him and Eugene winds up being in this accident, which actually Zitong didn't know about. He says until much later. I don't think he says how much later it was that he found out, but he didn't know about it when it happened. So it's not like he was some evil guy running away knowing that Eugene was hurt. He didn't know either. Now, I don't know why he didn't contact him once he did find out that Eugene had gotten so badly hurt, but that, that's another question. Now, I said it before, but watching these two together, they really do have good chemistry and they actually were a really cute couple together. I'm not going to say that I like them as a couple more than Eugene and Chile because it's not true. I, I prefer, I still, Eugene and Chile are the OTP for Beloved in House as far as I'm concerned. But Zitong and Eugene were were good for what it was, for that time in their lives. I wonder if part of the reason that they're trying to humanize Zitong is if he's going to be in the next series. Because as I had mentioned in the previous podcast, there was the whole thing of if this does well, then they'll do more the same way they did with history, where there's history, you know, one through four. Um, I don't know actual numbers in terms of viewership, but it seems to have done well on Vicky. Uh, I mentioned previously, I had seen it in the top 10 list on Vicky. If you follow the Beloved in House Twitter, they are posting things about how they were the top five out of whatever, you know, things like that. So it seems to have done okay. So maybe the next thing in the series is Zitong's story. We saw in a previous episode of Beloved in House I Do, they mentioned someone named Golden. So that he does have a love interest. There's some kind of story there that we don't know. So maybe that will be the next in the series. I have to say, I literally got goosebumps in this episode in one part, because if I was just watching it without knowing even just a little bit of the history of the actors, I wouldn't think anything of it. But the scene where he gets hit by the car, I literally got goosebumps knowing that he had such a bad accident in real life. I don't know how he could film that, but I did read in the article I read about the accident that he doesn't even remember the accident he was in. So that's why he's okay filming it. But me watching it, I was like, I just got goosebumps in that part. At least we got towards the end of the episode, a little sweetness between Shile and Yuzhan. Not a steamy scene like in episode 12. This was just pure sweetness, little kisses, little butterfly kisses. And I just, I thought that was really cute because it just shows the tenderness between them. The steamy stuff, you know, people like that too when they're watching a show, but just the tenderness between these two characters is just nice to see especially for Eugene. He's just been viewing all these videos and reminiscing about his previous relationship and the hurt that he went through, physically and emotional hurt that he went through in his previous relationship. It just makes him, I think, appreciate Shile even 
more and that's where the actual tenderness and sweetness come in. I still wish mom had been there in this episode somewhere because I would love to see her in Chile and I know we all know she really likes her son-in-law. <laughs> so I would just love to see the three of them, even if it was just them sitting together at the breakfast bar the where they were before and just having a meal together, it would be really cute to see. We got to see her super briefly in one of the pictures that they show, because at the end of this episode, they show a bunch of pictures of the cast as a group, solo, etc. So that was, that's cute to see. And she was in one of them. I kind of answered my own question the other day. I was looking at some behind the scenes videos on their channel. I had asked them my previous podcast mentioned in my previous podcast episode I wonder when this was filmed because Love is Science which is also a Taiwanese drama has not been able to put out episode 11 because of COVID restrictions but I was looking at some behind the scenes videos and actually you'll notice if you look at episode 12 when they're in the park and stuff like that they are pretty red in some parts it's pretty breezy when he's walking with Chile along like a bridge or a pier kind of thing it's very breezy there you can tell and if you see the behind the scenes, it looks like it was filmed in winter because everyone else, the other, not the actors, but the other people are wearing winter coats and the actors are not. They must have been really freezing. But this explains how they were able to film and get the whole series out is because it looks like it was all filmed at the same time, you know, back in winter. Not like Love is Science that seems to have been going kind of week by week or month by month. So here's my ultimate conflicted feeling about episode 13. I actually really like this episode as a standalone episode. What I don't like, and I don't really see a solution to this though, what I don't like is the placement of it. I do see the value in getting to know Zitong a little bit more and seeing their backstory and seeing that they were once in a really sweet relationship, but it just took up too much of the ending. What is the ending of the show? The Zitong Yuzhen story. I would have preferred to end it with Shile and Eugene as the focus of the ending. I mean, we had that little clip in the end where, you know, they're kind of doing the sweetness and tenderness together when they're sitting on the couch, but but it was just really so Zitong focused. If they had wanted to give us this backstory, I almost wish they could have reversed the episodes, give all of this flashback stuff to us in episode 12, and then let episode 13, the epilogue, be of the scene of Chile and Eugene walking on the pier and when Eugene's showing the, the new rules and they're cuddling and all that. That is, that is the ending. To me, that was would have been the perfect ending. And... To be honest, I almost feel like if I was suggesting for someone to watch this show, I would almost be like, I would almost say the epilogue is optional. <laughs> I would definitely say watch 1 through 12. I really enjoyed the show. I've enjoyed it from the beginning. I've mentioned many times, you know, how about how I enjoy it. I have no issues with the pacing, etc. But if I was going to suggest it to someone, I'd maybe hesitate about suggesting they watch the epilogue. Definitely episodes 1 through 12. The epilogue, maybe. Especially if I knew as I'm wildly guessing that possibly Zitong is the next story or at, or at some point is going to be a story in this franchise, then I'd say definitely watch the epilogue so you can understand, you know, the background of his character. Other than that, episodes 1 through 12 are a complete story in and of itself. Episode 13 is just, it's just an addition. It's just a bonus. But 1 through 12 is the meat of the story and the good part of the story. I do have to say, watching Aaron here, you know, he's got such good chemistry with both these actors. I'm almost feeling maybe he could have chemistry with a rock, you know, he could just have chemistry with anyone. And um, besides the chemistry aspect, it's just the really 
good acting. The real hurt. That I will say about episode 13. Episode 13 really showed Aaron's acting. The real hurt that he seemed to feel. That Eugene felt knowing that the relationship with Zitong was over. So that is it. Sorry, but this podcast episode was not as short as I thought it was going to be. I just spent a long time talking about the, the Flaming Heart. But, um, you know, I hope you enjoyed it. And if you can, go back and watch Beloved and House, I do. Just like I said, episode 13 is optional. <laughs> I will continue watching The Flaming Heart, Tale of Nobtu, and kind of slowly Guardian. Guardian, I need to finish up. I'm almost at the end. I'm up episode 29, and it's only 36 episodes. And I'm kind of between watching Ingredient, which is a Thai BL series that has been on my list for 50 million years. And recently, they put A Man Who Defies the World of BL on Vicky. This is a Japanese BL show. And... I believe it's only four episodes. It's pretty. It's a pretty short show. So I may watch that even before I get to Ingredients, even though Ingredients has been on my list for so long. I've watched episode one already, and so far I'm finding it hilarious. So I will probably continue with it and then talk about it a bit in my next podcast. As usual, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at DramaWatcher6 or by email at DramaWatcherNotes at gmail.com. Thanks again and stay safe, everyone.